Hi, I'm Katie. And I'm Joe. And today we're going to talk about going home to visit our Christian families. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Born Again Again podcast. If you like what we're doing on here, you can find us on our Facebook group, our Instagram, or our Patreon, and you can find all those links in the description below. Hey everybody, it's Saturday morning and we just woke up, let our dog outside, and we thought it would be fun to talk about our trip home and debrief just all of the emotions that we went through and conversations with you guys. So we're going to have a casual conversation about that today. So we don't go home often to see our families <laughs> just because we live over here. We live in New York City right now and they're back in Wisconsin where we grew up. And so it's kind of a big trip to go home and see them. And so we stayed for a total of 10 days this time. And I think if, I don't know, we were talking about this on the way home. I think if we were to go to see my family for five days and then come home, you know, that would be fine. And then at a different time, go and see your family for five days or whatever and come home. It might be a little more manageable for us, but uh, going home for that full 10 days ended up feeling pretty long. Yeah. And it always feels really long. And I think this time we realized that it's because we have to go see two families and it's really cool that our families live in the same place, but it just does make the trip extra long. And then everybody tries to pack seeing everybody into that time frame like (laughs) grandmas and uh like extra siblings and like sibling spouses and aunts and uncles and it's like kind of overwhelming yeah it ends up being like a really busy time not to mention that you just have to live out of a suitcase for that whole time and that's always a little uh just a little annoying yeah yeah so what were you anticipating going home like this was the first time we were going home since we told our parents that we we're not Christian anymore, just like outright. And I had emailed with them and you had had some phone conversations with them. Yeah. Well, I had talked to my family quite a bit mm-hmm. since we told them that we weren't Christian mm-hmm. anymore. And so f- for my family, I wasn't too worried about it. Mm-hmm. Um, because like I said, we had already had a lot of those hard conversations. Although, um, I hadn't talked to my, my siblings about it or my sibling about it at all. And I hadn't talked to my grandparents about it at all. And I know that they all knew. Um, and I, I don't know, I was a little nervous. I wasn't sure what to think. I wasn't sure if everything would be business as usual or if it was going to be like really weird. Cause you hear, uh, we've heard stories of people going back and talking to their families and stuff and their families having really really strong reactions that they didn't expect. Yeah, but maybe we shouldn't have been reading those stories. Well, maybe freak us out. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's part of the lesson cuz I I think I was going in feeling nervous and feeling a bit on edge and feeling a little bit unsettled because I was so preoccupied with what everyone else was thinking about me, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. And I think that every time we go home, we try to go in with a really a really good mindset. And so whenever we're going home, we prepare by listening to audiobooks on the drive back, um, like positive ones. This time we were reading what? Breaking uh, the habit of being yourself. Yeah. So that one was, you know, really pumping us up and we were meditating and stuff and trying to just be um, in a better state of mind before we went home. And it always helps like for yeah, the first it works. couple I mean, of days. We like on the drive yeah. home, we were feeling great. Yeah. And I think that just like, as we keep doing, like, as we keep meditating and just working on ourselves and stuff, like we'll be able to go like a full 10 days, like just being fully, you know, responsible for our emotions and just calm and everything. But anyway, um, 
uh, I was going in extra nervous because I had never talked to my family in person and I knew that they, they loved me and I didn't, I wasn't going to go home and there wasn't going to be like, um, you, you know, like they weren't going to be weird with me. I didn't think Yeah. there. So the biggest thing about going home this time for me was that my older brother was in town and he is a missionary from Israel and he has a wife and he has three daughters. And so the reason that we were going home was because he was in town. Uh, and all of my other family was going to get together around the same time who lived like in the, in the near area. And so it was kind of like a big thing. Like everybody come and see him. He's here, this family. And I was nervous for that because the last time we were home and he was there, he was trying to get us to do Bible studies and he was trying to get us to do communion at home. And I didn't understand what was happening with me at the time, but I'm looking back, that was when we were starting to lose our faith. And I remember having to be like, I'm just really uncomfortable with this. Could we just do this another time? And I like cried during a Bible study and... It was just weird. Yeah, that is weird. Actually, that <laughs> that last time that he was back and last time we had seen him was like two years ago or maybe maybe a little bit longer. Yeah. And yeah, that was like right at the beginning of when all this start, stuff started unraveling for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that trip. It was at the time it was uncomfortable. I think partially it was uncomfortable because we felt weird about doing Bible studies and stuff with the family. But the other half of it, which was maybe even more uncomfortable, was the fact that I felt like I should want to do these Bible studies. And like, what's wrong with me? Like, why don't I want to pray with family? Why don't I want to be doing these Bible studies? Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, so that that's weird. That was kind of our last impression. Yeah, I was, I was like a little bit nervous that I knew that everybody knew. I just, you I did knew. know. Yes. I wasn't sure because I didn't know. How I know much... my parents knew and I posted something to Facebook. Oh yeah. And yeah, that's so true. I don't, and I think that people just are polite and they wouldn't say anything to you. I mean, my siblings and my in-law, my in-law and siblings, mm-hmm. sorry, what are they called? In-laws? Yeah. Just in-laws. Okay. All right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's morning. Um, yeah. And so I knew that I kind of knew that at any moment they could bring it up. And I was sort of anticipating a little bit of an ambush and I was really avoiding, uh, being around at night Yeah, when we could talk about it just because I didn't think that I could handle it well. well and I didn't we... want to, I didn't want to come off like, I didn't want to have a bad conversation because I didn't want to like ruin our relationship yeah. or anything like that. For anyone listening who's thinking, like, what's wrong with you guys? You guys are just babies. It's just a conversation. (laughs) I know it is. It's just a conversation. But this is something we've been talking about for a long time. And like Katie was saying, I felt the same. I was kind of avoiding having any, like, alone time with the adults because I didn't really want to talk about it. Because, yeah, like you said, we we had had a bunch of conversations on the way up there, like, should we talk about this at all? Or like, if someone tries to bring it up, should we just politely say like, Hey, you know what? I'm really happy to like be here and see you, but I really would like to just keep it about lighter stuff right now. We weren't even sure if we really wanted to talk about all this. Yeah. The thing with my family is that, and the thing with me too, is that I very easily, and we all very easily slip into a debate and it's super, super stressful. My dad cannot just sit and listen. And like, it's not even, he's not even trying to be rude. He just like loves to fight, like argue. He lo- And I, I kind of like it too. I really like a heated conversation. 
um, to an extent, but I do not like it with my family because that's where I kind of learned how to do it. And it's super uncomfortable. And I was just worried that I didn't want it to be that way because I think that Christians have a perception that when they're talking with what they would consider an atheist, that that's how it goes, that you argue and it's, and I was just thinking about all like the stereotypical yeah. like conversations. And I knew that if, I mean, I didn't know, but I knew that if we talked that it would get kind of combative and I just didn't want to then me become like so much more stereotypical, you know, like, of course you're fighting, you're, you don't have God, yeah. you don't have love. And, right. and so I felt like it was complicated. So I was really trying to prepare some sort of statement like, <laughs> oh, like, let's not talk about it this time. Like, I'm not comfortable talking about it right now, blah, blah, blah. It does sound wimpy, but then if you understood my family, I mean, anything, you have to decide what you think is right for you at the time. Okay, so um, throughout the week, so I just want to say that nothing really, really terrible happened, and we're not, like, building up some kind of thing. So I'm going to just <laughs> yeah. spoil it right now yeah. for you. Nothing terrible happened, but we had a ton of observations, and we came away with kind of a new perspective. I yeah, think. for sure. So throughout the whole week, um, we just noticed how much God was a part of our world. Yeah. And that was super shocking. I think that this was the time when we went back that we were the most removed. I mean, of course, we're, we're very far removed from religion at this point. And coming back, we realized why we were Christian until we left. Yeah. In a way, there were, I don't know, signs of religion everywhere. We went to this restaurant near your parents' house and they had uh, little like wooden placards up on the wall, like with painted flowers and Bible verses. Did you see that? No. At Which place? <laughs> the soup shanty. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. But I mean, that seems so like consistent to me. And somebody, and we went to the Racine, oh, the Racine County Fair, and we bought this mo the most amazing soft pretzel from a stand. What was it called? Oh, the, I don't remember. Something about Ben's soft pretzels, and it was something about God in their slogan. Like uh, there was the Bible verses on their sign, and yeah, it was. I mean, like it's a the county fair. It was a Christian right? soft pretzel stand. Yes, we bought, yeah. and, I, and when we went up, he asked us, "Are you two married?" And I don't think he was asking us for any reason because like of that but it was just funny i think like christians like think about marriage as such like a high like if you're married you're better yeah. than other yeah. <laughs> people who might be dating right um and he just said that we were a beautiful couple but like it yeah, made him jerk. it made him more beautiful <laughs> for him because i don't know i was just thinking about like what people feel about marriage and if you're yeah. married like you're holier in a way and maybe that's not the case for you but like that's how like i I, we get the perception. impression, like, my, you know, my parents think, like, if a couple's living together, if they get married, that's more beautiful then. Like, their relationship's better. They have more love. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, like, I got that impression as well at home. But we realized just even in our families how much they talk about God. Yeah. You know? Yeah. My mom so many times would keep bringing, and it's funny, I don't want to, I'm not throwing her under the bus because I feel like, my family has taken all this really well and have adjusted to it much better than I thought they were going to back before they told them about any of it. But it's just funny how often I would comment on something like, whoa, look at that flower. It's so crazy how it, it looks like that. And she would kind of say under her breath, like, well, yeah, I think God made it that way. 
It's or, funny because you're kind of setting yourself up for I that know, now. I it's am. like, I'm like, Joe, don't you say something about how it's something hard though, looks pretty. I feel like so, I feel so in wonder at the world around me now and it's hard. I don't know. I guess I make those observations a lot with you. You and, do. Yeah. But so it's funny whenever I'd make them back at home, my mom was like, yeah, God made it that way. Or like reading those facts on Reddit the other day, reading all those facts about like wildlife and whales and giraffes and stuff. And my mom having to hold her tongue and saying things mm-hmm. about like, oh, that's yeah, God made it like that. Or like, yeah. It's, so it was it was it was way more frequent than mm-hmm. I remembered. And it's weird when you you leave and then you come back home and you go back into the environment. I didn't realize how frequently God came up. Mm-hmm. in conversation like yes. conversations that had nothing to do with religion yes, or like, faith or anything oh, oh my gosh so we went we bought a new car because we had our car since we were married eight years ago and it was horrible oh my gosh we are drive. we've driven it to portland and back to wisconsin like five times and then we drove it all the way across to new york <laughs> and then we drove it back to wisconsin then back to new york and we're gonna have to do that we thought we were gonna have to do that again and there were probably other trips. I think we drove it to L.A. from Portland. Yeah. And it was it was rattly. The air conditioning didn't work. For a while, one of the windows wouldn't go down, so it was only one window. It was so hot in the summer. <laughs> and so we finally we, we decided to get a new car. Served us well. And we were in Kenosha, Wisconsin at a dealership. Mm-hmm. We go to the dealer, and he's like a very, very Midwestern man. And a super nice guy. Typical car salesman. Yeah. And he like brings up God and and what else? Out of nowhere. What was yeah. he saying? We were talking. We should watch. We were talking to him, and he, out of nowhere, he was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm pretty intellectual. Like I, I have a, a like a taste for um, smarter things, and I like to watch intellectual videos. And I think you guys would really get a kick out of this. You should you guys should check this out. And it was this video called Signature in the Cell. I'm sure some of you are familiar with it. And I think I've heard of it before, but it's it's about how scientists claim that they've found, like, a signature of intelligent design in mm. the DNA of a cell or something like that. Um, so this came out of nowhere. And this is just mm-hmm. a random car salesman. And so he shows me this video and he's like, oh, you guys should see this. And, you know, I believe in God. Um, and, and we're just screaming inside. We're like, like we're, what are we talking about right now? We just have, like, little half smiles. We just, just like, want to buy a car. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, like uh, the meme or the little face with the tiny yeah, smile. Yeah, a little tiny <laughs> smile. We're looking at each other because I really wanted the car. But I was like, what is this guy talking about? You have to. So, yeah, he was saying, I, I believe in God. And he was like, I think a lot of people, they, you know, they might believe in God, too. But they don't want to admit it because they don't want to, like take responsibility for their lives because if god exists then they've got some answering to do mm-hmm. and at this point inside i'm like screaming but i, I don't know it, it's weird it was weird in that environment because it almost like i had compassion for him because how could he believe yeah. anything yeah. else in that environment and you know what's funny is that if we ever we didn't tell your parents because they would like literally die like they would love that so much um <laughs> to- they would yeah. think that that was God pulling us back to him. Might, but yeah. I would say that, yeah, we came back to the Midwest and every single person here is Christian. So, of course, why does this not happen like any other place? Right. But, you know, and in the same conversation, he told us that he was super conservative and very Republican. And he, like, said something about effing Democrats. And so it's just, it's just, it. we learned it was just a weird we lived in a weird world. We lived in a weird world. Where everybody was very vehement about what they believed and like and very outspoken and almost to a point of you shouldn't be that outspoken 
as a car salesman about religious <laughs> well, that was bizarre as a car salesman just as like a strategy for selling cars i would imagine that saying those kind of things like if we were really passionate democrats yeah. and he called democrats fucking retarded oh, which yeah, is what he, he did, said that's what he said yeah i i feel like a lot of people would have been really upset by that yeah luckily know? we're not easily offended i think that what we're learning is that <laughs> people are made by their environments and the people that brought them up and they're not responsible. I don't want to say they're not responsible, but there's goes a lot of goes into making a human and like a lot goes into who you are. And I can't necessarily blame this single man for what he believes no. because he was brought up in this. Of course, everyone needs to take responsibility for their actions and be a good person. But I'm like realizing that these people are a product of their environment. Yeah. And it's like, I can't fight with every single one of them no. and tell them what I believe. Like if I've learned anything from proselytizing as a Christian, you do not get converts by like being combative, you know, you don't arguing get converts with by, people, debating by like, telling someone new information you know this i feel like this guy probably grew up here the other thing we noticed is that the number of churches in our hometown is absurd it's yes. like every corner it's crazy Be Which, well it's i never noticed before i never noticed it when we were living there mm -mm. but now we live in new york now and even here there are more churches than where we used to live in portland there are i don't know it's just less of the culture of religion and so going back home it's like religion and god and christianity is everywhere mm -hmm. it almost seems like it's kind of just a given like yeah you everyone believes in god if you don't believe in god then why not like aren't you, would you a moral weird. person you would be yeah weird. and Another, I think like we had this realization that the cool people go to church. Like if you're a trendy, like hipster person who cares about essential oils and good food, organic mm -hmm. food, you go to farmer's markets. I feel like a lot of those people, that's like a church culture yeah. in the Midwest. Like if you want to be someone who cares about the environment, if you want to be, you know, somebody who's like doing more holistic healing or like cares about like a whole diet or whatever. You can call that a hippie, but I, I feel like out in the West Coast, that's kind of like what people are like, but they don't go to necessarily go to church. Right. And but they like, might even be against religion. No, not against religion, but like here, like the only people who that seemed that way are people who go to church mm -hmm. and specifically our church. Right. <laughs> our church in Racine. Yeah. But it seemed weird. It seemed like it, to me, it seems cool to be a Christian where we're from. Like, mm -hmm. especially if you're going to be a Christian like that, but like, I don't know. It was just, it's like a different, it's a different frame. And a lot of time, in a lot of ways, I felt, I felt like our hometown is in a different time too, because it's different than just religion. It feels sort of like it's in the past. Yeah. And I think that that also can contribute to the way people feel about other races, other people, other religions, yeah. Yeah. and all of that stuff. But it, every time we go back, I feel as though it's a really big culture shock and it's really difficult to just be myself mm -hmm. when I'm home. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure everybody experiences this. Well, I think we it was something we realized and actually part of like a really good conversation we had with your family. But it's just weird growing up because we've left home and changed a lot on our own and become kind of new people. Not even just about religion. Religion is a huge part of that, but um, in other ways and forming our own beliefs and stuff. And so, yeah, when we come back home, it totally feels like it's in the past mm -hmm. or like it's stuck in a certain time. And like you said, I think like the belief in religion kind of is consistent with that. 
but it's not necessarily because of religion that it feels so stuck in the past. It's just like the whole, the whole, envi- whole environment is stuck in a certain time and like a past way of thinking. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was bizarre. Yeah. We, I want to come back to talking about that conversation with my parents, but there was like, there was something that I noticed in the difference between our families and how we were brought up in religion as well that, uh, I never noticed before. And it was that while in your family, it seemed as though they, I, they were more fundamentalist about my family was for sure. And, but like what was strange is they, they don't really talk about church as much like, or they do. Your mom mentions God, but nobody else really mentions God in your family. And they go to church sometimes, but it's on the weekends when they have to do the music and so it's like, okay, well, they were super fundamentalist, but they also, they like had their, I don't know, it wasn't so strict about talking about God or going to church. Right. When we went to my fa- my parents' house, they're not necessarily fundamentalist. They grew up, they grew up more Lutheran, and I think they go to a non-denominational right now. And I feel like they might be a little bit more loose, like mm-hmm. with interpretations in the Bible. I don't really know. I think it's looser about like which sins are bad. Like yes, I, it seemed that, like m- not, in when yeah. my environment growing up, it was like the, one of the biggest focuses was like not sinning and yeah. like super important that you like abstain from sex and like make sure you're home at a certain time yes. because nothing <laughs> good happens after 10 PM or whatever, you know, that kind of stuff. Did your parents ever say that to you? I think so. Oh, it's weird. But like your slogan. family was less about that. Like, I don't know. They seemed less intense about that kind of stuff. This, like you could watch yes. more movies than I could and stuff yeah. like that. But they, what I noticed about them was that maybe they weren't like fundamentalists in that way, but they talk about God all yeah, the time and they lot. know so much about God. We're playing a game. We're playing code names and people are giving out clues that have to do with the Bible to bring words. Yeah. Together. With like the, like about, like, where Paul went to preach his message. Yeah. That, like very, very intellectual clues. Yeah. My parents and my f- whole family is super smart um like re- i don't yeah regardless of whether you think like religious people are smart or not they're whatever i they're they're really smart people and mm-hmm. they're very they think a lot and it's intense talking with them and being around them because they know so many facts and like if you say something they'll just bring up this thing that they and i don't know anything to say i can't say anything back to that because i wasn't like studying that or researching <laughs> it my brother is getting like is he getting a PhD in Bible studies? Yeah, yeah. I so didn't he know knows, that. <laughs> he knows Bible. He knows Bible. So, um, it's just, I really noticed this difference this time that my parents and my whole family, we talk about the Bible all the time. My brother, my younger brother even brought up like Bible study and books he was reading and we were all like just freely talking about it. And it was, it was awkward. I didn't know, I didn't know how to act and I felt like it wasn't my place to say anything because I don't want they're not like attacking me. They're just sharing what they're doing in their life. Yeah. So it's not a, my place to just be like, well, you guys shouldn't. Did you ever think about this? Right. Like, or I don't know. Cause it's more than just an activity they're doing or more than just like a book they're reading. It's, it's a part of who they are mm-hmm. and it's a part of who we were too. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's hard. On one hand, you want to share what your feelings are about this. But on the other hand, it's like, well, they're just living their lives and this is how, who they are. And like, who am I to come here and say, well, you guys like shouldn't think that anymore. Well, it's funny too, because we come from such, we came from such a long background of learning what we learned and there's no way that we could say one thing 
you know, right. that would make them feel any differently. And I know that in my family it would just spark a fight. Yeah. And so I don't feel it's beneficial. Yeah. But debating uh, is not beneficial at this point. One of the nights, though, I thought this was a weird thing for my dad to say. We were playing a game and we were all talking about a platypus. And because oh, we were playing code names and the platypus card is out there. And we're all like, oh, what's a platypus? And my. Uh, oh, yeah. My, found out it has a my beak sister, and it has well, a venom. We know, yeah, like I knew what a platypus is. But my sister in law, she's um, she's from Europe, she's from France. And, and she was like, what's a. She didn't really know what a platypus was and she wanted to know the French word for it. Um, and we were just taught, we looked it up, we looked up a picture of it and it's so weird, you know, it has, what does it have fur and a beak and you, like you said, and, uh, it lays eggs and it has poison talons on its back legs. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It's just it's like just a, a weird creature. Yeah. Um, we just, man, like, why is this creature here? You know, it's so weird. And my dad was like, I always thought it was like God's sense of humor. God's like a joke that God did. Like, yeah. Hey, look, a platypus. <laughs> and, and I was, I, that really like struck me. And I was thinking, I would have said that at one point in my life, but now it seems like, I know people say a lot of things that religious people say are cop-out answers, but that was a, like one of the biggest cop-out answers I've ever heard for this animal. Yeah. Like, he's going to do one joke with this animal, and then like, <laughs> there's so many other terrible things that are happening. He's right. like, I'll just put a little joke in here for you guys <laughs> oh if you want to laugh about it. Yeah, yeah. Like, it seemed, that seems like so, <laughs> I'm sorry, but... Like I'm trying, I try to really respect what people believe and I'm trying harder, but that's like, you got to stop and think about that. Yeah. One, I think maybe there's a better, maybe there's something different you could <laughs> say about what God was intending there. Right. Cause that kind of seems unfair to yeah. like all the rest of the people that are suffering that God like decides to make the platypus as a joke, but then he can't like help all these other people. Yeah. And he's like, well, I guess the world has fallen. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Gosh. It just, it really, <laughs> really struck me yeah. when people say like, where are the, um, the what do they call them the species like the the transitory uh the transition species in evolution yeah you know i uh-huh. i think like i don't know anything about evolution but i think hey this animal's kind of weird like it's yeah. not like any one thing like i don't know <laughs> what do you think like maybe will it transition into something else will and... it cause you to look into yeah. another solution i'm yeah. not saying that that has anything to do with evolution but i'm just saying like let's look at science <laughs> right yeah well yeah. that i feel like even him saying that it's not necessarily that he like believes like yes this is i stand by this this is god's joke and that's the only explanation but it was just kind of a joke in passing but it highlighted something that was like really consistent with the rest yes. of the way they're thinking because yes. like like you were saying your family is really intellectual and i mean my family is too i feel like they're not dumb people And I feel like when we were Christian, we weren't dumb people, you know, we were well informed and we read books and we thought about things a lot. But it's weird how in Christianity, it seems like it's so separate from the rest of your intellectual mind. Mm -hmm. Something like that, like the platypus, your dad making a joke about that. Like that's, that's a total cop out answer. It doesn't make any sense. It's just like a throwaway thing. Like, well, I don't really need to think about that. It's just God did it. You know, yeah, and it was the same kind of thing, which really struck me a lot, which hasn't ever before. How weird it is that we stop and pray before oh, meals. Oh, I forgot that you got yeah, freaked this out. Really freaked me out because <laughs> obviously we're here living on our own. We don't like pray before meals. Haven't done that in a long time. But so when we went home and 
we were all kind of hanging out. We we're getting some plates and putting food on our plate and stuff. And your dad calls everyone in the room and is like, all right, let's pray before the meal. And I was thinking like, oh my God, I forgot about this. I forgot that we do this. I know. <laughs> and so then we're all kind of just standing awkwardly looking around. Everyone's waiting for him to start. And then it's like, okay, everyone bows their heads and they know what to do. At this point, I don't bow my head anymore. And I feel just feel kind of weird in this environment. And so I was just kind of looking around while your dad started praying for the food. And I was thinking, it is so bizarre that all of these people I'm with who are like totally normal, uh, practical, like common sense thinking people in the rest of their lives, thinking folk are, they all believe in this like invisible friend. And it's so weird. It's even hard for me to hear you say it because as soon as we talk about prayer, it's like, well, but you have to pray. Like, it's a tradition. Like, <laughs> let them pray before dinner I know. or whatever. But it's like, it is weird. They, it, yeah. It's weird. This was the first time that <laughs> I experienced that feeling of prayer being weird. Because for a lot of the Christian things that we experience now, there's a lot of me, like, can't see them as weird yet. Because I think I'm not separated from it far enough. Mm-hmm. But this was the first time that praying as a group before meals seemed Part of me thought it seemed really weird. The other part of me was like, yeah, this is normal. But there was a hint this time where it was like, man, this is is really bizarre that we're doing this, that we all like put our heads down and we say these words just into the silent house for some reason. It (laughs) was funny. It really struck me. You told me right after and I was like, wow, I'm not that separate. I guess I still have some separation to work on. How did it feel for you? Just like nothing? I didn't even listen. Yeah. I just tuned it out. And I think like it didn't seem weird because like, okay, there's a sense of, I don't want to believe that anymore, or Mm -hmm. I don't believe that anymore. And then a sense of that's weird that people believe that. And I'm still at the, just this, like, I think I don't want, I don't see that for me. I don't believe that, but I can't like widen if it was like growing out of me, like a bubble, whatever, like growing out of me, I haven't widened that bubble to other people yet of it's weird also for you I see. it's only yeah. weird for me uh-huh because i'm probably insecure about what i believe you know in a way and i'm like okay well this is what i've decided this is right for me yeah you know but in this particular case i haven't widened that to it's also right for you to not pray right. <laughs> like, like you guys what are you doing there yeah but you i remember when that happened for uh jesus dying uh, on a cross and everyone being so happy that his blood and the sacrifice was something that they would say they're happy and joyful about. And that, and I remember when that widened from that's super weird to every, like that, why do you all be, like love that this religion is based on a human sacrifice? Yeah. I remember when that one grew out, yeah, you know, like it was like, saying. it was like, you guys are, this is weird. Like, this is like some weird cult thing. Right. Like blood. You're talking about blood all the time. Yeah. Like this is an ancient, that sounds like a very ancient way that ancient people thought they sacrifice things. We don't sacrifice things anymore. It's strange to like talk about blood washing us. It seems like very ritualistic and like very spooky mm-hmm. and whatever you think about it, whatever. But I've like extended that to now see that it's strange. I see. Like, and, but I can't do it with prayer. Yeah. That's because weird. it's, because it's a little bit, Okay, you're not talking about blood and right. It's death. like it's less weird what we talk about. It's just kind of like thanking God and stuff. Yeah, yeah. but I think what struck me was that I was I had been spending so much time like with your dad and with your family and really mm-hmm. connecting and like laughing and feeling like yeah we're on the same page. We can really get along and be friends and you know talk about things and relate. 
And then we go into the kitchen for lunch and it's like, okay, let's pray. And for me, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. We're just like, stop, like we're stopping our, the normal like conversation kind of like being normal people yeah like, like like i thought we were both normal on the same page but then you guys still like close your eyes and say some words to an invisible guy before you eat because you think you're like that's your eternal destiny or something i don't know it's it's weird too because i know how they feel and i felt like that too and i it wasn't weird to me in any way no. until like two years ago of course not you know and so it was, it was just a strange phenomenon yeah well and after that we talked about how strange it is the things we pray because like we were texting with our friends and they're like what do you say what do you say when you pray yeah i love how like excited they get and the curious because like for me it's like why you don't know like or, i mean it's just everybody says the same thing yeah. you know dear heavenly father we thank you that all of our family can be here together and we're all here safely and you ask that we we ask that you bless this food. Thank you for the food. Thank and... you for the food. And whatever, in your name, amen. Yeah. And I, we were talking about how afterwards it's so weird that we we don't say, like, we just come together and everybody just look at each other. And we all look and be like, my dad says, I'm so thankful that all of you are here. I love you all so much. And I love our family. And I want to thank my beautiful wife for making this amazing lunch today. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be delicious. I'm so proud as a dad to see all of you and like what you've done with your life and like your children and your spouses. And I'm so excited to spend the rest of the time with all of you here. You know what I mean? Oh, That's made me, so... that made me like, so like almost choked me up right now. Yeah. Just thinking about it. But like, if your dad were to stand up and say that before a meal, that would be, of... that's like a prayer. Yeah, it is. Giving That's being thankful and giving thanks. And I think that a lot of people do that. And I think other cultures do that. And maybe people who are different, uh, have a different spirituality do those kinds of things. And I think that, I think that's the, that you can't take everything out of Christianity and like, just get rid of it. Like you still can have thankfulness. Yeah. Like th giving thanks is healing. So healing. Right. Still. And like, even like Jesus tells you to do it. Mm -hmm. Oh, Jesus is great. <laughs> no, but it's, I think like, I was thinking about how powerful that would be if that if he was like that. Yeah. If he and did how that. unifying it would be too. And it would bring the family closer together. Cause as it is now, I feel like we were all spending time together, really like driving and feeling close as a family. But when you pray as a family, it's like, hold on, everyone. Remember, this isn't about you. This yeah. isn't about us as a family. This yeah, is about God. It so it kind of takes you out of it again. It's like, no, don't thank, don't thank your mom for the food. Thank God because God, everything good you food. have is because of God. So like, don't get too happy over yeah. here. Like, yeah. He can take, he gives and takes away. Oh, it would be so wonderful if that's how we started meals was that, yeah, just like actually thanking and expressing love to the people in the room. Well, we can do that when we have our family. We can do that now. And our family of two. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. So uh, what do you feel like you would do differently? Is there anything I feel like you would do differently if we were to just redo this first family trip again? Yeah, I do. I think I do feel like there were some things that I would do differently. I kind of want to talk about that conversation that we had at the very end first, and then I can maybe can sure. talk about that, like everything with respect to that and, and how I would change that and everything. Sure. But also I wanted to add, I forgot that one of the times when we were going to pray before a meal, everybody was getting their food and my younger brother was like freaking out. He's like, can we eat? Can we pray? Like, can we pray so I can eat? Like I want to eat or, and 
my sister-in-law was like, we can pray after we eat. And, and I knew that my brother didn't really want to do that. He's like, let's just pray. Let's, let's pray. Get everybody together. I want to eat. I want to eat. And I was just like, I just was like, this isn't some kind of magic spell we have to do. And I feel like I don't, I think that maybe some people heard me, but I felt a little bit bad for saying that. Is it, it's weird how you I think of it so like that. I got so frustrated. Though. I was yeah. like, can we just, let's just eat. Don't worry about getting everybody together. We have so many people. Like we have my sister and her husband, my brother and his wife, my younger brother and his wife. And then there's seven children. That yeah. they, that my older brother and sister have. It was like, and so it's more just than like, it was kind people. of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and they, all the kids weren't there and we weren't, didn't, I didn't want to wait for them. And uh, the food is hot. And I feel like it's so stressful. Everybody's like, we need to get everyone together. We need to pray so that we can eat so that we can, like, for what? And so I was just <laughs> like, this isn't some kind of magic spell. <laughs> and I kind of wish I wouldn't have said that. Well, but nobody even said anything to me. Yeah. yeah right. Everybody ignored it. <laughs> it's yeah, typical. Yeah. But so on the last, the last night we ended up having like a long in-depth conversation with Katie's family, oh, which yeah. we hadn't had the whole time. And, and it was the first time we had talked about any of this since you sent an email to your parents and like posted about it on Facebook. Yeah. So the first, the, so the last night that we were there, this is, this trip had been really chaotic with all of the kids they're a little bit older now. I mean, the oldest is maybe nine. And so they're, they really wanted to play with us the whole time. Like they want to play with everyone. They want to like us to push them on the swing. They want us to go to their forts in the woods. And it was super distracting this time actually to talk to any of the adults, which was kind of um, nice. I, well, it was nice, like we but avoiding... I wanted to talk to my brother and my sister-in-law and like, and it's, yeah, it was nice. So like you were saying, like we, it kind of took up a lot of our energy. So we didn't really have to, after a while we realized, you know, we don't really have to worry about talking to anyone or anybody talking to us. Cause nobody's going to say anything around these kids. Yeah. And they were kind of up late because it was, it's hard to put like seven kids to bed, you know? And so like they were kind of running around and we had to go, we weren't staying at my fam- my family's house. Cause kind of everyone was staying there. So we were staying at Joe's family's house and we, so we uh, would leave like mm-hmm. kind of earlier in the evening and but the last evening um my two my other two siblings had gone home and you know we were there and i knew that i knew that we were going to end up happening. talking talking <laughs> and i was i was kind of dreading it and i was just like oh we it's quieter now so i felt like we should stay i felt like we should be good kids and stay a little bit later in the night and like just talk and see what they're, what we were going to talk about. Mm -hmm. You know, I felt that a past me would have just left because we had the opportunity to, but I was just thinking, and I was thinking that I wanted to be more open to talking to my parents. And also I did have a little bit of guilt that my mom (laughs) was sitting there and saying like, Oh, we miss you. And so it was like a combination of both of those things. Um, And we sat down and my brother uh, my older brother was there and he's the one who's a missionary in Israel. And he started telling some stories, right. About people in Israel that, and like just what's been going on there. And like, he told a story about a man, a young man who stole from like a collection box from, and he said that he, that guy confessed it to him and he's like, kind of like a known as a rascal or whatever. And like, he came and confessed it to my brother and said, it was like a long story, but like, you know, something like, okay, do you think those, those guy, the, the Pope, 
the popes, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, um, what do you call them? The friars, the monks mm-hmm. who with the collection box would forgive him. And they're like, Oh, I think so. Let's go, let's go ask. And so like he went with him and they asked for forgiveness and the, the monks were like so forgiving. And the guy, like, I don't know, that really touched him. And like, so he told us these kinds of stories of just like, Basically, that was like the miracle of forgiveness. And then mm-hmm. he told us other stories about people like coming to Jesus or like they're Muslim, but they like feel they've read the, the, the New Testament and they, they have had, he's like, I've met so many people who've had dreams that they've seen Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about this something called the Emmanuel healing prayer and how like it's something that's very immersive and you help people like it's, so it's basically like a meditation. You get in a meditative state and then you like can see like you visions visualize. of things, visualize things and visualize past hurts. And then a lot of people see Jesus there. And all the while I, I do, I do want to like say things like, well, don't you think if you're like reading the Bible and constantly thinking about God or people are talking to you about Jesus, that's common to see him because that's how I was. Yeah. I did have dreams of Jesus and I, you know, I had a really like one I had, once I had a really, really big prophecy dream and I told my pastor about it. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> and now I have dreams about the things I think about now. Yeah. Right. So I think that our minds are really powerful. And, but I didn't like, I felt like it wasn't important to say that then, but so we were talking about it. And then of course we started, do you remember like how this conversation transitioned to no. talking about like God and us? <clears throat> Well, at some point we, you know, we basically said, or someone said, like, we know that we don't really know exactly what you guys believe, but, you know, we, like, we believe this. And, and I think it was, the conversation was different than I thought. It was, it was funny because my brother did, he mentioned that sometimes like people can get something in their head and then like it's like actually did he was he talking about scientific that you can't no he was change your brain or something he was talking about this struck me the most it was right at the beginning of this conversation he was saying that like something i've realized is that for a lot of these people i'm telling about jesus um they they can't hear it because their whole life they've been taught that um, being a Muslim is the correct way and that Jesus is just a prophet. And so for them, they come up with all these reasons why Jesus couldn't have died and rose again on the cross. And mm. they come up with all these reasons why he didn't actually go into the grave, or maybe it was like a different spirit took his place on the cross or something like that. And so he was just expressing how for him, it's really weird when he's trying to share Jesus with Muslims they are so brainwashed to believe that Jesus isn't real that they can't hear this new truth. Mm-hmm. That's that's what he was expressing. We were both screaming inside <laughs> um, because we feel the same way. We feel that we couldn't hear any of what we're talking about, any of this side of things when we were Christian. Right. You can't you can't hear it. No, because we had already believed we had already decided that Jesus was real and that Christianity was true, and so we couldn't hear it either. And so, yeah, hearing him say that, I wanted to be like, yeah, the, what you're saying right now is exactly why we're not Christian. Well, and, I was like nodding at him and smiling, and I was like, yeah, I know. Isn't it weird <laughs> that that happens? Yeah, yes, it's yeah. strange. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, uh, so the conversation, like. We did start, we talked about religion a little bit and I was asking a few questions and like, I was saying like, well, you know, the Bible, 
the Bible is just like, why is the old, why is the old Testament like so violent and like all of these things. And my brother even brought up some of the things that we talk about all the time. He was saying like that, you know, I, I studied the Bible and like, you know how people say there's tons of contradictions. And he was saying that like, he said something that it sounded really smart at the time, but if I try to repeat it, it's not going to sound the same. And so then it made me really curious, you know, like some people don't view those as contradictions. If you look at old literature, those weren't contradictions in the old, in the old literature sense, but now you would, they would be considered contradictions. But it, back in the day, those mm-hmm. aren't contradictions. That's just how people wrote or something. I don't know. Which yeah. That, I didn't understand it. And then he had a lot of things like that. He said that he went through a time when he was so far from God and he like almost became an atheist. And he said that the Bible seemed so old to him, like it was like dead basically. But then he started seeing how the church in China was building up. And that really like said it was like the church of acts. Right. Mm -hmm. And he had a really powerful experience with prayer and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I was saying, we started talking about it and, and we were saying, you know, we also, I feel like there's just so much more like God isn't necessary in that. Like people can get in those meditative states without any kind of prayer. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. And eventually I kind of saw that we were talking about religion specifically and we were, and well, we were saying religion and, and, my brother kept saying, okay, no, we're talking about Jesus. We're talking about Jesus. And, and I, I know when people say that they mean like Jesus is a personal relationship and religion is everything else. But to us now, everything is a religion. If you subscribe right. to like a book and we're just talking about like, if you're Christian, yeah. you know, not, not, and we're including, if you say Jesus is your personal savior, right. if you have a relationship that's with him, that's still. religion yeah. stuff. <laughs> yes. Um, but like, so I just kind of had to be like, okay, we're talking about all of that. Like even that too. My dad thinks that we don't see the loving nature of Jesus. And we asked, well, we we came out and asked, like, do you guys think that we're going to hell now? We feel uncomfortable being home because we don't like that if we're here, that, you know, we don't want people judging us and thinking, okay, well, they're lost. They're going to hell now. I think I would like to feel that you guys, whatever you believe is fine, and I don't condemn you for it. And I would feel, I would want that same in return. You know, I would like that you just let us believe what we want and don't have any condemnation or judgment for us. And I can't ever get a straight answer out of Christians, you know, whether or not they think I'm going to hell. Cause who's going to say that? Who's right. going to say that? I'm going to gonna go say to hell? that to their daughter. But my dad was just like, no, it's not that it's that you will be completely, it's like just a separation from God. And like God is everywhere, but that if you don't believe in him, you will be separated from him. And Joe was like, well, so are we separated from God right now? Because I really love my life. I mean, I don't think you exactly said it like that, but I know what my dad is getting at, but I would like him to be more clear about it and just maybe come outright and say what he really believes. Yeah. Um, so after a while, we were kind of realizing that talking about like specific aspects of the Bible and Christianity was not really going to get us anywhere. And like I said before, it's not really beneficial to debate. And I kept yeah, saying, it kind of started turning yeah, into like was, more of a debate yes. than us just sharing what we were feeling. And it wasn't, it was like 1130 at night and we, we just didn't have time for that. My dad was asking like about like, how, how do you explain like creation, like creation and, and yeah. all the beauty in the world? And I was like, I can't, eventually I was like, dad, I can't, I've read a lot of stuff, but I'm, I can't explain it to you because I'm not like 
a PhD. So if I try to, you will have so many questions from me, like, cause I was kind of joking with him. That's kind of how he is. Mm-hmm. Like he can't just have a regular conversation with you. You have to have like a million credentials in order to have a conversation <laughs> with him about certain things. And so I'm like, I just want, I just want to like express that it's just hard. I was like, regardless of religion, I finally said it's super hard coming back home because I feel as though Joe and I have changed so much, but I feel I'm still connected to you here. And it's a strange feeling that when we come home, I notice that Joe acts strange at his home. And when we come to my house, you notice that I act strange, Mm -hmm. unlike myself. And we started talking about that. And my mom actually brought up that she felt the same with my dad at his parents. And my sister-in-law brought up that she feels a similar way when she sees her parents. Mm -hmm. And, and I was like, I feel as though we can't talk about what we really think here because everybody else is against us in a way they believe something else. And she brought up this which was kind of nice. And she said, it's the same. I feel I can relate because it's the same for me, but opposite when I go see my family, we're not allowed to talk about religion. So we can't talk about what we've been doing. Yeah. And I felt for her at first I didn't because I understood why her family would set those boundaries. But then I felt for her because it sucks when you go to your family or anyone and you feel you're not free to talk about what you are really into who you are, who you are, like what you're really passionate about. Just that, you know, right. When you can't express something that you care about it, it just sucks. And so I think that we had a really nice conversation opening up with our, our family. And I felt that they understood just that, that it is hard to come home and be yourself and, my dad was like, I want to know everything about you and everything yeah. that you think. And I felt that it was so beautiful. Right. I felt like, really loved and understood. Yeah. In that, I know. was not expecting that. And I don't know why, because I feel like we've had other conversations with my family like that before where we leave and we're like, wow, it's nice. They seem that they get us like, yeah. and get like just how hard it is to be a person. Right. Yeah. And, that, and that's like something that you can have in common. Then that's amazing. Yeah. You know? It's super hard for me because we were talking on the way home about it and we're like, that conversation was so good and so beautiful, but there's still like, I just don't understand how they can be religious still Mm -hmm. and be so smart. I'm sorry, like if that's offensive, but I just, a lot of the things they're saying, I just want to be like, you don't need, you don't need God for that. Yeah. Everything they're saying. Yeah. And it's, I know that I'm like, I have a lot of inferiority, inferiority issues with my family because of how like smart they are and how good they are at arguing. I mean, you've, I feel like, you know, I think you think that they're better at arguing and like smarter than they are. Okay. Not I'm really good at, at it, I'm really like, good at debasing yeah. myself because I learned that from my family. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, okay. There you go. And it's just like, I want to say right now, I know I'm not the smartest person, whatever. And so maybe I could be wrong, but like, it's hard going home because those bring up all the same feelings that like, I feel inferior if mm-hmm. I'm not like a PhD in something Yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And it, I thought it was just a weird conversation because it was like super, super positive, but there was still something in the back of my mind of like, if only they could be free from certain things that I felt freedom from without right. this biblical God. Yeah. It was killing me when I heard my brother saying that he's like, he had a point when he was like, he was getting so hurt from the like Christianity because it wasn't real to him. Mm-hmm. And just like 
forcing that relationship seems to me like staying in an abusive relationship and now forcing his relationship with, with God. God. Yeah. Like yeah. that he's like being abused in a way he's not getting anything in return or whatever. Right. And then like he eventually finds something that hooks him back in again. And then he, it's like fresh again for him. Right. You know? Well, and then it's like, well, I already tried being an atheist, but like really, you know, that's probably not. I was like, did you read any atheist material? And he was like, not funny, full books. And then I, I'm like, you, ha- <laughs> you have to try but, like, at that point, you don't want to not be a Christian. You know, that's where we were for no. a while. I think some of the things I took away from the trip, um, and then maybe we can talk about some of the things we do differently, too, if we were going to do this next time. Um, but some of the things I took away, first of all, I feel like I came back here with a lot more compassion for the Christian people in my life, which maybe seems counterintuitive. But like we were talking about earlier, if you're living in an environment where the majority of people around you are Christian Mm. or at least believe in God. And if there's Bible verses all over the place at not even religious places in the grocery store and like at the bank and at the restaurant. And if everybody in your life is Christian and talks about God and talks about their Bible studies and talks about the Christian books they're reading, you are going to be a Christian. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I don't, it's, it's not like our families are choosing to be uh, close-minded. I don't think it's that they're choosing to ignore logic. I think they believe what they believe because it makes sense to them. And they've thought about it a lot. And all of the, all of the examples they see in their life all point back to God and point back to Jesus. And so how could they see any differently, you know? Mm -hmm. And so for me, I think, being here and being a bit isolated, just me and you here in this apartment and talking to all you guys online and, and reading about ex-Christian things and reading about atheism and stuff. It seems like so obvious, like how could anybody be Christian? But when you go to an environment like that, it seems obvious. Oh, this is how you could be Christian. That's this true. is how I was Christian. And so it helped me to not be upset, I guess, when, when, or help me not to get frustrated when my family can't see certain things that seem obvious to me or that maybe seem like they're being close-minded. It doesn't seem that way to them. It doesn't feel that way to them. Um, and like, I have to just be willing to accept that. Mm-hmm. I know. I feel more compassion coming back here as well. And I feel more compassion after having that conversation with my family that they like are really loving people. Yeah. And, I don't know. I think like, and they've thought through things. Yes, it's not like, yeah. it's not like they just have turned a blind eye to logic. Like they've thought through things and the reason why they believe what they believe, they have reasons for mm-hmm. it. I think that I, I a lot, a lot of times we talk about how would your future self react to mm-hmm. this, your future mature self, you know, who's in a sense better than who you are now and in a better place. And it's like, I, if I want to be fully accepted and loved for what I believe now, although it's so different from my family, then I need to go back in and not think of them as idiots Mm -hmm. and not think of them like that. Well, how can you believe this still, you know, and I need to go and care and completely respect that what they believe. Right. And I know that like it's, it is loving to be honest with people and tell them, you know, okay, whatever, this is what I believe or whatever. But like, there's a certain point when, you want to just have a loving relationship with your right. family. And Regardless if you can find beliefs. some common ground, if they're not like constantly like 
I don't know, giving you like backhanded Christian comments and they want to talk about other things, then just be loving and respect them for what they believe. For who they are. And who yeah, they are. Right. And like you don't like go in with a mission of trying to tell them to all of your atheist <laughs> like like tricks. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? Like people are on their own spiritual journey and that's like that is frustrating sometimes. Mm-hmm. But it's you, frustrating when you feel like you have some insight or you know the truth. But it's it's exactly what we don't want Christians to do to us. So we need to give it back to them. And it needs to start he- with like us on yeah. the other side because we don't have like a hell to right. torture them in. So we need to like have compassion. Yeah. We need to be loved to them and accept them for who they are and accept that they're, like you said, they're on a journey too. And maybe their journey won't end up in the same destination that ours does. And maybe that's okay. Maybe that's not our mission, but like, it's not our mission to control what anybody else no. believes. It is it's, our mission to share what we think in yeah, a loving way. And who we are. And if someone wants to listen to it, then they can. Yeah. But it's not your mission to control anybody's life. Right. So another thing I took away is compassion for myself um, and compassion for us. Because I, I think, too, after talking about this stuff so much here by ourselves, it starts to feel like, why aren't we over this yet? Or like, we should just like drop this religion stuff. It's, you know, it's in the past. We don't really need to think about it mm-hmm. so much anymore. But going back home again, I remembered like, oh, I'm a product of this environment. And this is like a really, really significant shift that we went through to leave oh, yeah. Christianity because our upbringing was so thoroughly Christian. I realized that too, how yeah. thoroughly Christian it was. Yeah. And I forgot, I had kind of forgotten I how forgot strong too. it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so going back home, that was a really good reminder. Like, holy cow, I came from this place. I need to give myself a little bit of slack if I feel like I'm not where I want to be yet in terms of like my mental health or my personality or whatever, mm-hmm. because I've made a huge 180 in the mm-hmm. last few years from this place in Wisconsin to where we are now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think in both both cases, it felt good to come away with that. And it's maybe different than how we felt in the past when we go home and visit our families and maybe feel a little bit resentful or like irritated. There was some of that, but I feel like overall the takeaway is like, okay, I want to be soft. I want to be loving towards my family. I want to be loving towards myself. And all of us deserve that, regardless of what we think, mm-hmm. what we believe. Mm-hmm. So really quick, is there anything you'd do differently? Yeah. Um, well, I have two things. The first thing, I think we really built up how big of a deal this converse- these conversations were going to be mm-hmm. in our minds before we got home. Mm-hmm. And we like thought of, I thought about him too much, and I probably was assuming things that weren't true and you know reading other people's stories like horror stories of people's families and stuff yes made me feel really worried coming home Uh like oh my gosh this is going to be really hard you know all this stuff um so on one hand i think it's good to prepare on the other hand i think i like i just thought about it too much Mm -hmm. and i built it up in my mind that it was going to be this huge like momentous really scary difficult conversation that we were going to have with our families and um it didn't end up playing out that way So kind of leading into the next one is that I wish I would have talked. I wish I would have been the one to bring up the conversation. And I wish I would have talked about it like right away in Mm -hmm. our trip. Because Mm -hmm. I think if instead of waiting until like the last day to have the conversation, if we would have talked about it right away up front, it would have been like less of a big deal. Mm -hmm. We would have felt probably a lot closer to our families Mm -hmm. the whole the entire rest of the time. Mm hmm. Because, because we did feel really close yeah, to my family after the last that conversation, night, and like, we were oh, saying, I, I wish that understood. we would 
have stayed another day. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So I wish we would have done. I wish we would have gotten that over with right away. Because it was, it, I felt awkward like the whole time, and I felt like I was kind of avoiding people the whole time mm-hmm. because I was scared of having that conversation. And in hindsight, I wish I would have just taken responsibility and like we could have just dove and in, dived into it mm-hmm. right away. Um, I think it would have been a lot better. Yeah, and I feel like all we needed to do would just be to sit down and be and say, you know, how are you guys, and how is living here, Ben, and. You know, we've been a little bit nervous to come home because obviously we just told you how we feel about Christianity and we recognize that all of you believe that here and yeah. we want to be respectful of you and we didn't want to be an outcast. You know, That would have like, been so easy. That, to... <laughs> just like that kind of thing, not starting yeah. off with like, so y'all are Christian, I've heard y'all are wrong. <laughs> you know, like just uh. like, hey, I want to express that I feel a little isolated and different coming home now. And then your family can be like, oh... I can see how you would feel that way. I don't want to make you feel that way. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that would be a good way to have started the conversation. Right. And it was diff- we didn't really have any time to talk to our family because of like the how we were like traveling back and forth, but we if that was important to us and if we would have done it again, I would have made the time. Yeah, for it. we could have yeah. if we would have just decided and just done it on our own, mm-hmm. it would have been fine. And yeah. I think next time that that's been a lesson throughout this whole process that doesn't even really have to do with Christianity, but just if you know that you need to have a hard conversation with someone or with a group of people, just do it. Like just have that conversation as soon as possible because you'll always feel better afterwards. Even if I feel like even if the conversation doesn't go well necessarily, it's just such a burden off your shoulders and Mm -hmm. it frees you up to be like present and be with the people you're Mm -hmm. with instead of constantly being preoccupied with, oh no, like I need to talk to them about this, Mm -hmm. but I'm kind of hiding it from them. I mean, communication is hard, especially with family where you have so many like... It's complicated. Preconceived uh, reactions. I don't know, just like... It is really complicated, so yeah. don't feel bad if you're having a hard time with it because there's so much more in a family conversation than just like a conversation with someone you might not know as well. There's yeah, like a lot of deep seated things, triggers, right? Yeah, history. Yeah, history. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope that was helpful to some of you guys. I'm hoping that some of you can relate to it as well, or maybe take something away from it for your relationships with your families. Yeah, family is weird, um, but they are a part of our life here in our society and our culture. And the best way to deal with it is try to be open and honest, loving. And if that's not working out, then that's all you can do. That's all you can do on your part. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And we'll... thanks for chatting with us this morning. Yes. Hope Drinking you... our tea with us. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you next time. Thank you all so much for coming along on this journey with us. All of your messages and support means so much. If you'd like to connect with us or support our podcast, there are a few different ways you can do that. First, you can find us on Instagram at born.again.again. You can also join our private group on Facebook. Or you can check out our website, bornagainagain.co, where we have all of these episodes, our blog with some posts that we've written, as well as a big list of books, movies, documentaries, and articles that have been helpful in our deconversion. And finally, if you'd like to support us financially, you can do that through our Patreon. Again, thank you so much.